0: Welcome to the PowerCast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So absolute pleasure today to have uh, the master himself, the Welsh wizard, Mike Gelsey, the training mastermind who's helping me uh, come on leaps and bounds of my own training at the moment. Uh, So thank you very much for having us, being on the podcast today. And I believe your wife will be on shortly when she's finished her other calls.
1: Yes, she's uh, she just finishing off doing some uh, posing by Skype at the moment, but uh, yeah, she won't be long. Uh, so, um, absolute pleasure to have you on. So I've uh, been working with you guys, but
0: it's terrifying now, uh, four months. Uh, into- I know, time's gone quick, hasn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, and in that period, I had the pleasure of flying out to train with you guys for a week in Dubai, which was uh, pretty insane, uh, in a crazy environment there as well. So if you give everyone a bit of an intro to who you are, Mike. And what yourself and your wife do?
1: Yeah, cool. Um, well, I mean, I'm 51 now. I've been sort of in, well, I started training when I was about 15. Um, for karate more than anything else, I was in the sort of the Welsh under 21 squad, at like 15, 16. So obviously, I was fighting guys who were a lot bigger than me. So, um, Basically, a couple of the guys—they were into a bit of training. They said, "Look, come to the gym, start putting on some weight, so you know I've got a bit more strength behind me." And it sort of, sort of went from there. I, I, I was still progressing in karate, but I, I just preferred the gym, um, you know. And I fell in love with that. Always wanted to compete, but I didn't actually first step on stage until I think it was about. Oh, it was the early 90s, so 1990, 1991. What inspired that for you? You um, know, the thing is, I'd always, like, bought um, the the old Flex magazines, um, you know, when they were the American versions that we'd get over here at the time. Um, I always remember I had the original one with, um, it was the iconic picture of Sergio Oliva, you know, when he's playing pool and you, you see the size, he's got a split in his shirt because his arms are so big. Um and then but at the gym in gyms at the time, that's all you know, people were just training to compete. They were either powerlifters or bodybuilders, and so that was it. So everyone was sort of getting ready for shows and it just sort of went from there really. Um but with going back to karate, that's how myself and Lisa met. So, you know, we were both fighting for the Welsh team. Um, and as she always says, it was love at first fight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, we sort of grew up with bodybuilding together, you know, when, you know, when we started going out with each other, you know, it going to the gym was all part of that. So, you know, we grew up with bodybuilding and then getting into training, competing, and then the other side of it, the judging, going, traveling all over the world. You know, we were doing it together, basically. That's quite awesome, too. So you were training together
0: from a young age, then.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were married. Um, at, uh, I we got married when I was 22. So uh, next year, we'll have been together. We'll be married 30 years. Um, so yeah like i said we've grown up w- with with all this really um and it's just been part of our life so um we've never had those arguments of oh you going you going to the gym again <laughs> <laughs> you know come on we are we going to the gym or more so, drag than the other one there yeah exactly so it's you know it's been great uh from that extent you know and then um i started i went to i went back to uni um, as a mature student in my early 30s, and did a sports science degree. Um, and it, it was basically to consolidate knowledge that I'd already gained, I suppose. Um, but obviously, I, I learned a lot from, you know, about exercise physiology and um, just science behind it yeah, just normal physiology as well, so, you know, which helped, and I just started PTing a few guys in a couple of local gyms, and again, that just sort of went from there as well. What was your um, initial training like, and what was who were the influencers in that
0: respect? Because what I love about you and you, you guys is like your training approach is is unique, and that you don't just follow the trend of what everyone else does, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think, as far as that went one of my i wouldn't say sort of idols because i you know obviously i i mean i followed bodybuilding i mean i you know used to well i probably still could name you know all the Olympias from from day 1 all the olympia winners etc um so i, I suppose i've been more of a student of bodybuilding rather than a fan as such but somebody i always uh liked was Tom Platts, because he trained differently to everybody else. Um, Okay, you know, he was known for his legs, and sort of legs is a bit of my thing as well. But it was just his one, how hard he trained. But he was always, yeah, he was always a little bit different to everybody else in the fact that, you know, he he did partials and, um, you know, just trained to complete failure. Now you see some of the old videos of Platts, and it's like, oh, my knees hurt just watching it. <laughs> so, it was sort of that uh, mindset and ethic, but just, you know, putting our own style on it and and um, maybe with a little bit more control, I suppose, for want of a better word. I 100 agree with that. Oh, yeah. It is you know, a
0: bit wild and raw would be quite a way you could describe it. Yes.
1: Yeah. And over the years, I mean, I, we probably said this to you, you know, when we were over in Dubai, I don't know. It's something that we say to people quite often um, that essentially probably the people who get the best results in their training are the ones, simply the ones who work the hardest. Um. So you, you've probably seen these people. I mean, you, you go to a lot of different gyms, you know, you're you're traveling around, you probably see these two extremes of people in probably most gyms you've been to. So, so number one is the person who's got all the gear uh, they've got their training book with them. You know they're logging all their sets and reps, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and on on paper, their training plan looks great. Yeah. Um, but then they don't put any real effort into it. And then you've got the person who's completely the other end of the scale. Who, on the face of it, again, they don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. They try and use every piece of equipment there is in the gym. The form is horrendous, but they bust their balls in the gym. You know, they're a bath of sweat. So that second person will probably get more results from the first person. But what you're trying to do is somehow sort of marry the two. So you've got that that work ethic, but you've got to have that element of control about it as well. Yeah, the direction. Yes. You know, and it's because ultimately we all want to be training – for as long as we can don't we um so yeah it's great sort of slinging around all these weights etc but you know you're gonna break at some point if you carry on doing that so you know surely because how old are you now charlie Um, 29 30 a few months yeah, but sure, don't you want to be training for another 20 years. And exactly, and that's
0: why, to be honest with you, and I, I've said this on another podcast I recorded earlier on today with um, James Crossley, who was Hunter and Gladiators, who's now in his... Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we were talking about this in depth, and that's one of the things I said to him, like why I love the style of training with you guys, because I'm working the muscle rather than just abusing the soft tissue and joints by trying to see how much weight I can throw around. And I, th- that is going to be a very like short-lived lifting career for anyone because your soft tissue is eventually going to give out and then that's game over and then you're off for doing something else instead because you can't wait.
1: exactly. You know, and it looks cool, doesn't it? You know, squatting with hundreds of pounds on your back. But, you know, essentially where, you know, most people go to the gym, you know, if they don't want to be a competitive bodybuilder, that's fine. But most people go to the gym to simply want to look better which is bodybuilding at the end of the day. Um, so there's not many people that, um, who, who go to the gym to train for a sport specifically, really. I, most people um, go to look better. I, you know, probably. I mean, a,
0: 99% of people are under that category. There's very, very few. I would say specifically. for. Sport.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm sure Lisa will say this when, when she's finished on, on a call, but this is a thing she always says. There's not many people who say, there's lots of people who turn around and say, oh, I'm going to the gym. Okay, see you later, blah, blah, blah. But there's not many people who say, oh, um, I'm just going to the field to throw a few javelins. You <laughs> don't do that recreationally, do you? If, if you're a javelin thrower, you're a competitive javelin thrower yeah but then You're you say it's your field yeah, exactly, whereas there's lots of people who just train because they simply want to look better now and that's that's bodybuilding um i don't you know don't care what you say, um, but then it's about putting tension on the muscle because we 're not in the gym to just try and lift as much weight as we can, so to to sim- to look better to make your legs or your arms look better, you want to put as much tension from the movements is that you're doing on those particular muscle groups. And would you, would you
0: say like, did your initial training approach when you first started training, did you change at any
1: point from, from the beginning? Um, I suppose, you know, when I first very first started training, yeah, it was, you know, 15, 16, you know, everyone wants to be stronger, don't they? You know, Um, but (sighs) I sort of I think I quickly realized that as an example, I was I, I was quite a proficient squatter, but I've probably I suppose the most I've ever squatted would be maybe probably four or five plates, but I was better at sort of reps for three plates, you know, I've done stupid things like do a set of do sets of twenty ones with three plates aside. So seven reps all the way down to halfway up, seven reps from halfway up to full, and and seven full reps, things like that. You know, I I much preferred challenging myself as, so I could make the muscle do as much work as I can rather than just moving as much weight as I can. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I can get that from the crazy workouts that you guys send through. And it's that though, the it gives you the opportunity to put the intensity into the muscle, I think a lot more. And I think in my my opinion, the training is a lot more. Not that You necessarily go to the gym to be entertained. You go there to get results. But I think in my opinion, training, like if you're just going to the gym, you're doing six reps as heavy as you can on weight every week. That's fairly boring and mundane in my opinion. I, I was just going to say, how bloody
1: boring is that? Oh, yeah.
0: uh, but, <laughs> it's has been like the old chicken and rice uh, bodybuilding gym debate. Like, that there's a lot of different ways you can go about getting the same results, and so I think
1: uh, a lot of people are too yeah. very much married to one 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 ideology. I think exactly, and the thing is, I think, and you know, whether you're talking training or nutrition, if something floats your boat, you're going to stick to it. 100. percent. So if you know, there's nothing worse than you know, you've got a program and you're going in and you think, oh shit, I don't want to do this today, you know, but if and this isn't sort of trying to get out of something. I th- I think that if you you're enthusiastic about what you're about to do, you're actually going to put more effort in.
0: Hundred percent. It's, it's just human nature. It's sort of like it's that positivity, like almost law of attraction mindset. If you're excited to go and do something, chances are you're going to give it your all. If you're dragging ass and thinking I fucking hate squatting, like this ass is going to go make me do a hundred reps on squats, like.
1: Exactly, and that's the thing. And again, whether it's you know training uh, a training style, a training program, or exercises, then again, there's no one exercise that you have to do. You know, if people turn around to me and say, "I hate squatting," cool. <laughs> there's lots of other exercises that you can do. You know, um, like my son, for example, he for quite a while he's got a good set of legs, and for quite a while, all he did probably for more than a year, was leg extensions and leg curls. You know, some people would turn around and say, well, you can't build legs with that. Well, yes, you can. If you do it properly. Exactly. If you do it properly. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, and if you put that effort in and you're enjoying it, then it's going to happen. Now, in a
0: sort of slightly different tangent, in your opinion. Obviously, you guys work now with like the likes of Darren and Jamie Drego, sort of IFBB pros. How do you see the difference in terms of training, say, people at that level compared to maybe more intermediates? Is there anything you'd recommend in terms of anyone potentially as a trainer out there how they would look to adapt
1: anything for their clients? You're looking more for recovery. Yeah, so now um, Lisa's actually just joining us. She's getting a chair, pulling up to the table, so she's uh, she's joining in on the conversation. Say hello. Hello, <laughs> favourite Welsh lady. How are you doing?
2: I'm very well. How are you, love?
1: Yeah, very good. Very good. 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 Um, so, sorry, we were talking about adapting, you know, uh, training for intermediate clients or, or any. So, something like Jamie, for example, he can train. He trains twice a day, pretty much every day, um, without a break. And then, uh, you know, when I say I, I'll say to him, "If you had a day off, yeah?" Like, no, no, I'll just carry on. I'll carry on. And then he gets to the point. Probably maybe three, four weeks into that. Right now, I need to rest. There's well, not many. What do you do at that period then? So you just take one day's rest, or would you be pushing him to? Help yeah, the- usually, he'll just take one day's rest, and he's ready to go yeah. now. <sighs> Somebody like Jamie has just got that. He's the top end of the tree as far as yeah. probably recovery ability goes. Yes, yeah.
2: but again, I mean, the thing is, Jamie is, is, is lush. He's a class act, right? But again, Jamie is in a very lucky position as far as he, his work is online. Yes. So he's not in a factory 10, 12 hours a day. So, and I mean, the thing is, you as much as you adapt, as you say, a training program to suit... The ability but you have to uh, um, adapt it to suit their lifestyle as well so I mean training twice a day for Jay is great it works well for us because we're always in the gym but some people are not that lucky that they can um, uh, not sacrifice two training sessions but give two training sessions everything they need so of course the thing is a lot of the time the training is adapted to their lifestyle just as much as their ability And it can be done in many, many ways. Um, But as you say, the first thing you do really is when you're working with a client is allow them to tell you what their um, ability is. So, of course, sometimes you'll go in there with something set in your mind. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're just going to do this, this, this. And then when you get there, uh, as we discovered through a couple of our training sessions, we had to adjust things because again, maybe an injury, maybe um, a, a little bit of a body part that they feel is not as responsive as another one. So really, a lot of the time, the individual di- will dictate the um, their training sessions, not necessarily what we think is what they should be doing, because sometimes it doesn't always pan out like that.
0: I absolutely agree with that. I think that comes down to, I think you guys having very generally more experienced clientele, which is obviously you target. And I think those people being aware enough of their own bodies and how they feel and how an exercise should feel. If something feels off, then they'll move off and maybe apply the same principles of whatever that's supposed to be to a different exercise that they perhaps maybe feel they can execute with a better better tension and the muscle, as an example.
2: Yeah, but of course the thing is, so as you say, if they are of that standard, they'll understand that and then they'll get a better result. Um, And I mean, the thing is, as you say, that's where the ability comes in is the individual knowing what they want to achieve. I mean, obviously, as you know, we're both in the gym, you know, for many, many hours. But sometimes when I listen to other, I'll use the term loosely, personal trainers, um, and they say key words that they've obviously heard or they think is the thing you should say, squeeze it, make sure you feel it. You can see the client they're working with, I haven't got a clue what they're supposed to be squeezing. Yeah, it's like anything? Squeeze what? Yeah, you can see them. What do I squeeze the bar a bit tighter? Do I, you know, so of course the thing is, again, that makes a big difference when you're working with clients. It's a
0: bit you know, it's like, the big specific and clear with your instructions, I think it's very, very clear. I think that's yeah. communication for a lot of people go along. I think that's the, the difficult... Um, Translation as well, all the time between like a an online trainer to a client as well is very very difficult. Something I also find very amusing as well is when you look at like you guys said through workouts to me, when I look at the workout, I think on paper it's nice like, to be a piece of piss and then like you're halfway through it and you're dying breathing out your ass and like the reality of a workout on paper to actually put it into practice can be two very different things i think
1: yeah, one hundred percent, I totally agree with that and but that's still down. Damn- to you as well you know you, like I said earlier it's about that person putting in the effort so yeah you know you can write things down in black and white and it's but you're relying on the effort the person puts in as well <laughs> yeah that,
0: that, that's my biggest bugbear with uh, online training is that when people say to me oh the program's too easy that you've given me I was like it's not too easy. It's just the way you're doing it. I was like, if I could, if you, I had you here for one set, I could kill you in one set and then you wouldn't it.
2: Exactly. hundred percent. the thing is, this is what I say, a uh, training plan is only as good as a piece of paper is written on. Yeah. It's really no use to you whatsoever if you don't know, one, how to apply it, and two, how to apply yourself. So, yeah, totally agree.
0: Out of curiosity, did you guys find that any of the martial arts training you did in the in your earlier years so carried over well into bodybuilding to so actually into the gym with weight training in terms of controlling movements or how you execute anything of interest
1: well, yeah. prob- for me it, not so much about yeah I suppose you could argue about the controlling movements, but for me, it was more of that mindset and that um sort of do or die attitude, but also the respect, yeah. you know, because for me, the the gym is like the dojo. I almost catch oh, my, cause whenever we, we, you, we went in and out of the dojo, you bow in and you bow out. Now, sometimes I almost catch myself as I walk to, into a gym, almost bowing to go in. Do, yeah.
0: do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a rite of passage almost.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think what it it did for both of us as well is obviously through karate, there was a lot of stretching, certainly a lot of stretching through the leg. And I really, truly believe that's why both of us are not only relatively strong in the leg, but I mean, Mike's leg development is, is just insane. But it has been because I'm hundred percent is down to the flexibility that we have. Um, so that in turn then has allowed us to probably do a better range of movement than most people would because flexibility was what karate was all about. But for me at the moment, what karate and the, um, uh, the lingering aspects of kata is what I do so often in posing routines. Yeah. So that, for me, is where it's still hanging on because, again, my ability to move and the transitions, 100% has come from karate, 100%.
1: I'm curious, obviously,
0: you talk about flexibility and for anyone listening, do you have any tips or any ways you suggest in structures, their flexibility in terms of their their training programming? Uh,
1: The thing is, I I always say, oh, God, I'm not as flexible as I used to be. I mean, obviously... I, uh, at one time with karate, I could uh, do the box splits. Um, probably if I tried, I could probably do the normal splits or within a couple of weeks. So, and I always say, all oh, right, I should do some stretching. But, you know, yes, with, uh, yeah, with time, it never happens. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah but, but not on every exercise. Because again, when, you, when you're talking uh, exercises in the gym, sometimes the range of motion might be smaller because that's what that particular body part warrants to hit it properly, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, but usually with a body part, we'll try and put a full range movement in there somewhere. And I, for me, that keeps my flexibility. I wouldn't, I'm not as flexible as I used to be, but I'm probably still more flexible than most. Um, but from you, but your question then, what I would tend to do with people if they want, needed that flexibility, put some weighted stretches in f- for that particular body part that they've trained.
0: So I found, I found whether you've added that into the program works like superbly well for me. Like big ones, I'm a big fan of are the uh, the weighted chest stretches. I find work particularly well. Really trying yes. to open up blood flow into into through your pecs and also your shoulders and. Keeping that range of mobility there, I think, is a big, big, um, big, big positive to be taken away from a training session.
2: Yeah, but even you'll find um, time and attention. When you're doing a couple of sets of time and attention, you you do the full range, but because of the time that you're taking to do it, you are actually stretching and holding that stretch for a mere moment, but more so than if you just get into your rhythm reps. So even that will make a difference.
1: No, but of course,
2: the majority of people think flexibility is through the leg, but I think people on the whole, their worst flexibility is through their biceps and their back. Nobody seems to do a full range of movement on the biceps, you know? So it's even, again, through the stretching of your normal reps
0: makes a difference. Yeah, keeping full range through the muscle as it moves. Yeah. With, um, obviously, your, your approach is slightly different in terms of which obviously talked about there about time under tension, which for me has been like something I'm now a massive advocate of. And I know there's a massive movement now towards like the progressive overload, push, pull, legs, throw as much weight around as you can crowd, which uh, me and Mike obviously briefly talked about earlier is fairly short lived. Do you think that like, do you think you see things always just go in cycles depending on who's popular in bodybuilding or whatever at the time? <laughs>
2: Truly, I think that's that's life in general. Yeah. You no, know, I mean the thing people are, is, people are
0: like sheep, so that's why I think 100%. people are too afraid to try something different. One hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, and it's um, push pull legs as it is now, it, as they call it now. I mean, we were doing that thirty years ago. right? You know, when you just broke it down, and that's what it was. Yeah, we called it chest, shoulders, and triceps, but no, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it was just, just it was really it was just a three-day split but okay call it what you want now and progressive low overload now really what is that really that's every training session because at the end of the day if you put on another 1.25 on your bar you've progressively overloaded is what you did last time it, you know it's just it's all progression and progression again should suit the individual but as you say for some reason everybody just follows along the
1: problem with progressive overload and when people are trying to beat the logbook, You know, and uh, I don't wanna <laughs> put a down on it too much. You know, some people get great results out of it, but if, you're, if you've done eight reps of a particular exercise, oh, this week I got nine or 10. Okay, but were the, were the range of motion exactly the same? You know, did you rest the yeah, same amount between exactly. sets? Exactly. So was it truly an increase or not?
2: Um, so but of course, the thing is, then, you get people that get themselves so um, caught in that, I've got to improve from last week, I've got to improve from last week, which, okay, that's great. But again, as you say, did you have a good night's sleep that night? Yeah. Did the kids play up? Have you been sacked Has your girlfriend left you? But it's nothing whatsoever to do with any of those. It's just, I've obviously not performed as well. Everything, every single thing in your life dictates the way you're going to train. If you've had a good day, if you've had a bad day. So if you can go in there and work your ass off and walk out of there and think, that was good, I really enjoyed that and I've got everything I want of it. Well, that's a thumbs up. But if you're fighting with yourself because you didn't do the same reps or more as you did last time, well, that's a negative attitude, and things are just not going to progress from that.
0: Yeah, and you're just being so, be for a losing battle on that thing. That's the thing I try to yeah. say to people is that you can only ever be the best you can be in that given situation scenario for that day, and like you never know, as you, as you said, the variables are always different. So that's why, in my opinion, progressive overload can be a little bit of a not necessarily best way to go forward because the variables so like, yeah, are always
2: different. Yeah, progressive.
0: In my, my opinion, to cheat the reps and the form because the body will like do whatever it can to try and get through whatever you're trying to make it do. So if you're trying to move weight that you should be moving, you'll probably end up using the muscles you should be using, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, the, the thing is, as long as you go to whatever your limit is on, that, on a particular day, your body's going to respond. All it responds to is stress. So, um, you know, if you've done 10 reps of a particular exercise and then next week you come in and you've gone to your absolute limit, but you've only I mean, done nine reps, um, that's, that's not a negative because you say you might have, your form might've been that much better, you know, when you're actually hitting the muscle, you know, you're, you're making the muscle do the work. So you might've got one rep less, but you might put them. Put more stress on on that particular muscle. So as long as you go to that failure, and that's fine. And like you know, people argue: should it be heavy or should it be light? It should all be heavy, but within the realms of what you're trying, you're trying to do. that particular set. Yes. So yeah. the way I describe it is: if I said to somebody, "Right, do a set of a hundred reps." on that on a particular exercise not that we might do it in in a drop set or a, but it's very rare that you'd say right i want you to do a 100 non-stop but so it, it this will sort of reiterate what i'm trying to say if i said right 100 reps go i expect it to start getting hard 95 96 97 98 you might just about get to 100 but that weight is heavy for 100 reps now, if I took that same weight and said, "Right, do ten reps and stop," well, that's going to be light. Hmm. So <laughs> yeah, that just to, so everything is heavy, but heavy can be a kilo, Relative. and light can be a hundred kilos, depending on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Yeah, no,
0: no, I 100% agree. 100% agree. So I'm um, going on a slightly different tangent. Obviously you guys have very kindly helped me into moving into training twice a day, which obviously you mentioned Jamie does as well, which is something I, I find is working superbly, but just trying to manage my recovery. Did you find that difficult to get a lot of people to try and buy into initially? Because I know, like, say, some other
1: traders say, but, for the people that I'm sending out plans for at the moment, there's not that many who are training twice a day. Like, Jamie trains twice a day. <laughs> Every day at the top end, um, you're increasing your days that you're training twice a day. Um, somebody like Darren was training twice a day, just a couple of times a week. But he's only this week he's starting to join in with more of Jamie's sessions. Um, and then actually, probably most other people. And again, as Lisa said, it's probably more to their work commitments, etc. A training once a day.
0: Would you, yeah. say in your opinion, if you can, training twice a day is optimal if you've got all the time in the world, in a perfect scenario.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to me, I we well, I've trained twice a day for quite some time, um, and it works for me. But also, what it does um, for me, I do any cardio? I never do any cardio. And it allows me to stay in relatively um, good condition all year round. Yeah. But then I, it also gives me more time to um, cash in on maybe things that, as you say, sometimes will be rushed sessions because I've got a client back to back. But if I know I've got two sessions, I know I can en- enjoy those two training sessions rather than have one quick shut through, throw a bit in there, throw a bit in it. Well, I am going to do that. It allows me to have two quality sessions a day
1: you know and so sorry to butt in but like if you are doing say push pull legs so somebody who's doing a push session which is chest shoulders and triceps surely by the time you're halfway through your shoulders and then into your triceps if you've given what you've given a hundred percent they're gonna suffer they're
2: just add-ons yeah Yeah. but um but i um i got a couple of um a couple of my clients uh boys doing it and again um the development in one in particular has been absolutely insane um and obviously then a lot of the others the other male um participants in the gym have seen how um how he's improved but how his balanced his physique out because again he was finding his calves were an afterthought you know is is um, biceps may just be a tag on to back and it's just breaking it up like this now it's just developed in the most ridiculous way so of course it's surprising now how many of the other boys are getting in on it and coming in and doing an early stint as well
0: which <laughs> is, that, respectfully that sheep mentality what we were talking about earlier is
2: where
0: yeah, yeah, results and oh let's all do this as well
2: yeah but of course on the other hand what's good is a lot of them now are not lazy in bed they're actually getting up and having a workout before they go to work which is
0: great no, 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 that's what you want to see. And I, I agree with you 100%. I think the, the two-day training allows you to focus a little bit more on some of the smaller body parts that otherwise get neglected. And I,
1: yes. I'd rather
0: do shorter, two shorter sessions because I love training than do one session that's a three-hour slog. And as you say, about halfway through it, you're losing the will to live a little bit because you just can't maintain the intensity for that well, period of
2: time. Of course it is. Then surely, as we were saying about just touching on recovery, if you go in... Have two good workouts as opposed to as you say three hours are just banging them, you know, your head against a brick wall. Well, surely that's going to be a um, far more need for recovery from that than you will from two good quality sessions mentally and physically.
0: I agree, agree completely. Well, it's quite interesting. I know you guys said I spoke to you about this before we went on the Emilio um, Sarchev seminar recently. He he broke it down as it gives you two opportunities during the day to pump the body, the body full of blood and fill it full of nutrients to get that anabolic process going to get muscle tissue to grow, which, if you you think about it, if you can train twice a day and basically double the amount of sessions you have in a year, that's twice as many opportunities, like double the amount of opportunities that you have to grow.
2: Absolutely right. I mean, the thing is, as people, as humans, we're workhorses. We should work. We can cope with a full day's work. But unfortunately now, everything is designed to make us less active. Well, no, we can actually handle it twice a day. You know, no. the thing is, we can recover, we can go back and we can work again and again and again. But unfortunately, society and how we've evolved, everything is done on a computer. Everything is done either on your phone or something similar instead of actually physically getting up and doing the work for you. No,
0: 100%. In terms of exercise selection, is there anything like, I've got my thoughts on what people should do, like training twice a day. Is there anything you'd say people to focus on or people to avoid if they're trying to set up their own training systems.
1: I think, yeah, I, I was actually gonna say that before you ask the question, is I think the 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 main issue when people are training twice a day, they think, oh well I'm I'm only training, say, a body part, so I can do more. It's not necessarily doing it doing being able to do more. It's you can concentrate on that and put your all your effort in. And then, so then the session length should roughly be about the same, Hmm. but you're just training twice a day. So that second session, so if you trained, if you're going to train legs as a whole, and what most people do is they train their quads, and they might train them quite hard, and and then they wonder why their hamstrings are lagging, because they're knackered, and they'll just do a couple of shit sets of leg curls at the end. Hmm. You know, so then... So it's not being able then. Oh well, I can do more quads now. No, no, no. Just do the same amount, and then actually you can do you can do a better session on your hamstrings.
0: No, I hundred percent agree with that. I think that's why so many people have such some unbalanced physiques. And obviously, you guys obviously we haven't really touched on that yet. You work obviously from the judging side of things as well. Which I'm mean, interested to know how you got into that. having than just uh,
2: judging, yeah, When it started off. Um, I started competing in 1999 and I finished in 2001. And when I finished competing, um, I just wanted to reach the goals. Um, Still wanted to do that, but my competing days were over. So I decided to start judging um, whilst competing at local shows and things like that. Nothing too crazy. But then I started judging then it was for well it was um the fbb at the time well with paul grant and the the wfbb and then um when paul passed away it then turned over to the uk bff and i started judging with uk bff um a lot more then i was up to more or less every bloody weekend then Um, And as I was judging, as Mike was still competing, he would do a lot more than MC, stage marshal and things like that. Because obviously with UK BFF and the IFBB, you couldn't compete and judge. So I kept judging and judged Europeans, Worlds, um, the Arnolds, amateur Olympias, did everything. And really, when we left, we were not far off fifty weekends of the year out of fifty two, either be doing posing courses, seminars, or judging or hosting shows or promoting shows. <coughs> and um from there then we decided to leave the Federation. And we did our um I think we did the um, so yeah, uh, so WBF show then, didn't we? Yeah, we, did it yeah we just did an
1: independent show, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then from there, we obviously formed part of the um, the group that formed the PCA. Yep. And again, obviously, <laughs> a lot of um, judging, judging seminars and getting judges up to, up to standard. Um, we pulled away from the PCA, but in the meantime, we we're doing a lot with NABBA. So I've judged um, all... Nabok shows, universe, various other things with them as well. And obviously then in the interim, Mike came off the stage and sat next to me.
1: Yeah, so I'm not as experienced at judging as Lisa, because as she said, when um, she started judging, I was still competing. So I got involved. So I, I, I used to run backstage at a lot of shows. Then that sort of progressed on to... Um, stage marshalling and then MCing at shows so I always used to do that side of it you know and so then when Lisa started judging internationally going to the Arnold's and things like that I mean I ended up uh, running the stage at some of the um, Arnold's so you know I'd been on stage with Phil Heath, Kai Green and you know so there's I've had some great experiences, you know, being backstage with those guys, being on stage with those guys. You know, so between us, you know, we've experienced a hell of a lot. And as as Lisa just said at the end, we've sort of worked with probably with every major federation within bodybuilding. So we've seen all aspects of it, but the main thing for us is, and what we've sort of not realized we've always done is, we just love to work with people in in the gym. You know, that's always been our um, yeah, but passion, it's, really. Yeah, but
2: there's something that um, is being banded about a lot, um, and no doubt tar- targeted and aimed at us about loyalty. Loyalty for you know for being with one federation or not with another, and why am I working with them now? And and I tell you where my, where my loyalty lies, always has, done and always will do, is with the competitors. I'm so should sure. I, really, I? Always with being with the competitors. We have met so many amazing people, and people I like, you know cherish the relationships that we've had, and as competitors you know, and the competitors we've met and what they've brought to us and hopefully what we've done with them and even to date. Now, so our show is on the 21st of September <clears throat> and um, we're working under the Body Power banner. But again, the best part of the whole thing is the competitors. I absolutely love them and um, uh, what they get from it. Because I, even though it was a couple of years ago that I competed, <laughs> All right. More, more than a couple. I still remember what it felt like. You know, I still remember the, yes. the friends I met whilst competing. So, as much as you know, you think um, I'm a federation hopper or whatever, I really don't care because well, don't, my why? Why should anyone have to be tied to any? Oh, absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. Like you a it, competitor, and it will continue with that. Hundred.
1: Yeah, for me, you know, being on stage at a lot of the shows, so even at our show in September, I'll be emceeing the show and and sort of do where a bit is, of... Where is, this, where is the show, and what's the date? It's the 21st of September at the Princess Royal Theatre in Port Talbot, which we've been involved with that show, um, with the shows at that venue since 1997, <laughs> when I first uh, competed there as a middleweight, and Paul Grant who used to run the show, we got friendly with Paul. Paul was in Pumping Iron. Um, okay. Yeah, so, and he used to train with Arnie uh, and all those guys in, in California years ago. Um, so we became friendly with Paul and we used to help him with the show and say, unfortunately, he passed away and we carried the show on. Yeah. And so, literally, since 1998, you know, we've been involved with running a the show there. Um, and... It is literally, as people say, it's like, it's the home of Welsh bodybuilding, that venue. Yeah. Um, but for me, because I'm generally on stage with the competitors, it's it sort of, you can see how much it means to them because I'm literally standing right next to them. So I get that feeling of that when they're, I'm on stage with them. And then I get that feeling of, like of that when they're in the gym Busting their ass, you know, and it's it's a brilliant feeling when you've got people who are prepared to put that effort in, you know, in into everything they do, you know, when you've got to take your hat off to them.
2: Yeah, and also having the, and and it is a great fortune, you know, that I can be part of their journey from beginning to end. You know, I can have clients that have come to me; they sometimes have never even competed, but. To be part of their journey right the way through and then to see them up there on that stage enjoying every second of it, it's just, honestly, it's just so rewarding. It is so rewarding. What, what would you be your biggest tip
0: for someone who's looking to compete? Obviously, so you've dealt with a few people who, who haven't competed before. For someone who's looking into going into the process and unsure?
2: If my biggest tip is, if you're going to do it, do it.
0: Yeah, commit full in.
2: Don't give it a go. Because if you're going to give it a go, don't bother, because honestly, if you're going to give it a go, you won't get to the end. But if you truly want to do it, do it. And as you say, take the whole process, take it on. It is a process. There will be ups, there will be downs. Will it be worth it? Definitely. I think Definitely. You
0: find out that you are a lot with the process as well, because mentally,
2: right? Yeah, I think it teaches you a
1: lot. I mean for I mean I, I used to keep records of everything all my training my diet everything you know um over the years of competing um, and I would literally give it 100% um, probably sometimes to other areas in my life's detriment no yeah. <laughs> no. um, as if but then as, you, as I got older you know you get to sort of um, balance those things yes 100% but I mean, I applied the same mindset into when I went back to university and got my sports science degree. You know, there was people a lot more um, clever, clever than I was, but I didn't miss a lecture. You know, I put everything into every bit of coursework I did my, um, and my exams exactly the same as I would a prep. And I came out of that with a first-class honours degree. And like I say, there was people who were far more intelligent than I was, but I just applied myself fully 100%. So I think it does teach you a lot and that you can take into other areas of your life.
0: Yeah. But you should be open-minded enough to transfer over those experiences you take from it to whatever else is you want to do. So in my opinion, from like the fitness bodybuilding world, that the, the discipline you learn from that, and the effort you, you can take from that, but like being consistent and structured, like those will stand you strong for whatever else you wanna do, whether it be a business or with your family or anything else, because those skills are, like, are a gift you'll then have for life.
1: Exactly, exactly. yeah, 100%. Yeah,
0: so makes a big, big, big difference. So um, what's the plan for you guys? And obviously, I thought the situation happened with the gym. new gym gonna be opening?
1: well <laughs> it's been It has been a very, very difficult few months um so that we the fire uh the old gym was on the sixth of may and um, up until actually today, funny enough yeah. um we were with the insurance we were no further forward than we were on day one yes. um the landlords have been have had their insurance sorted. Um, there was a couple of other bits that were sorted, but as far as the actual gym went, I was no further forward, or we were no further forward. But then, um, you know, we, we'd we put in complaints to the um, insurance company, but basically I had a phone call today to cut a long story short saying, yeah, that the claim was accepted. We don't know how much is going to be at this stage, but so that took a load off our minds because we found we found new premises we're working we've been there literally Lisa has yeah. on her hands and knees today scrubbing toilets you know because the the premises that we've got uh, needs a lot of work yeah. you know I've been painting et cetera. so um it's it's basically sort of two units together we're going to start putting kits soon into um the smaller the units so we can just start our PTs from there soon yeah uh, and just get a few key people training in there again, um, whilst we get the work underway on, on the rest of it then. so um, And whereabouts where you guys can we base the PT if anyone's interested?
0: Because I, I know so, I'll be trying to make a trip down there as well.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. We're, we're literally, uh, the new premises, uh, this isn't the main reason for it being there, but it's literally... 10 minutes walk from our house so yeah, we can actually walk to work uh, every day but it's a good catchment area it's basically somewhere called um plantewit vadra which is just outside pontipri which is only it's about 20 minutes from cardiff so a lot of people will know where cardiff is so when you know it's not far from cardiff at all it's relatively easy to get to off the m4 um so yeah you you know you're more than welcome to come down at um any point really yeah. well once we got some kit in there which should be <laughs> a few days um but then obviously it's going to take probably a good few months to get the gym to where we yeah. want it to be
0: yeah no, 100%, 100%. well i think that's quite a good point to sort of finish up unless you guys have anything else you want to add into that um
2: any
1: no other,
0: any other nuggets of wisdom for anyone who's listening in terms of training tips
1: no, I think really we've, yeah, go on, go on, Lisa. Go on. Nuggets. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, there's only two things. If you really want to succeed, and that's consistency and commitment. You Love stick that. those into your training and you're going to succeed.
1: Yeah, and that's why, you know, what we were saying before sort of Lisa joined in, that you've got to find the style of training, you know, and uh, nutrition, again, that suits you. You know, don't, as as you sort of alluded to a few times, that people are just blindly following what other people do. But it's no, you know, just find what really floats your boat and they are passionate about and just do it to the best of your ability. Yeah,
0: consistently. No, I love that. So um, for anyone who is interested in training with you guys in terms of training program, obviously you work uh, helping me with my own training and offer some phenomenal support. Where can people get in touch with you?
1: Um, well, we're both on, we've both got separate accounts on Facebook. So it's Mike Gelsey and Lisa Gelsey. Gelsey is G-E-L-S-E-I. Lisa, she spells her name slightly differently. She's got to be different. It's A-I-C-A. Um And then we're both on um, Instagram as one account because Lisa doesn't really do Instagram, but it's um, Mike Underscore Lisa underscore Galsy. Yeah. Cool. What well, is, I'll
0: add all those links in the show notes for anyone who's interested. So I can highly recommend them for their training program. is It's unorthodox from what you would probably be normally used to, but it will get you phenomenal results and you'll love the process. So I can highly recommend it in no that respect. Uh, and again, thank you to both of you for your time today and for all your help with my own training so far. So it's been an absolute pleasure and hopefully I might be able to. Uh, Dubai or to Wales or someone's yeah. training You guys
1: soon. Well, both. So do, do come to Wales soon, and then we'll do Dubai again. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Brilliant.
1: Brilliant. Uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward have to, a, to
0: that. Good evening. Thank you very much. Thank no, you. Well, thank you. We'll see you soon. Yes.